最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能是为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏链接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。Taiwan has unveiled its first domestically made submarine prototype. The Haikun Hall Number SS711 was christened at a Kaohsiung ceremony presided over by President Tsai Ing-wen. It was the warship's first public appearance. Haikun will now begin a series of underwater tests. Taiwan aims to have three combat-ready submarines by the end of 2025. The ship is launched with the traditional smash of a bottle. At long last, Taiwan has unveiled its first domestically built submarine prototype. Now, I officially name you Haikun Junjian. 命名人总统蔡英文。In line with global convention, the bow of the ship was covered for confidentiality, wrapped with a blue sky with white sun national emblem. The moment was a milestone for Taiwan's indigenous submarine program. President Tsai Ing-wen hailed the achievement. History will forever remember this day. Previously, it was considered impossible to build submarines domestically, but today, this Taiwan-made, Taiwan-designed submarine is here before us all. We've done it. The sub prototype costs 49.3 billion NT to build. It can dive to a depth of 350 to 380 meters, which makes it superior to existing submarines. It can also be armed with 18 Mark 48 torpedoes. Harbor acceptance testing is set for October, with sea trials slated for April of next year. The goal is to deliver the sub to the Navy by the end of next year to boost its combat capabilities. Submarines are a crucial asset in asymmetric combat. In the past, the Chen Shui-bian and Ma Ying-jeou administrations tried to purchase submarines from abroad, but the efforts came to nothing. During her presidential campaign in her 2014 defense blueprint, President Tsai mentioned the need to build submarines domestically. That goal has now been realized. This was a matter of national security. Despite the risks and numerous challenges, Taiwan had to take this step. By 2025, Taiwan will have three combat-ready submarines. This ship, along with two Jianlong-class submarines that are currently in service. The christening ceremony drew international attention. Some 80 journalists were at the scene, with several foreign media outlets covering the launch. As Taiwan presses on its quest for defense autonomy, the global community is looking on. Taiwan and India are in talks to sign a deal on labor importation. Amid its severe worker shortage, Taiwan aims to hire Indian workers in several sectors, primarily from northeast India. According to Indian media, an agreement could be signed as early as next month. Taiwan officials confirm that discussions with India are underway. 
Taiwan faces a severe labor shortage in sectors including construction, manufacturing and services. To resolve the issue, the Ministry of Labor is trying to bring in more workers from abroad. Since taking office in mid-September, India's representative to Taiwan has met with Labor Minister Xu Mingchun and Premier Chen Jianren to discuss collaboration on labor. This year, India became the most populous country in the world. With its vast market, demographic dividend and potential business opportunities, it has become a top investment destination for many businesses around the world. According to the Hindustan Times, an MOU on migration and mobility could be signed as early as next month. Sources say Taiwan will focus on workers from northeast India due to greater similarities in culture and diet. With a population of more than 1.42 billion, India has overtaken China as the most populous country in the world. Its massive demographic dividend is a big draw for businesses. Taiwan is currently home to 745,000 migrant workers employed in the manufacturing and caregiving sectors. About 260,000 of them are from Indonesia, and just as many are from Vietnam, each nationality accounting for 35% of the total. About 152,000 workers, or 20% of the total, are from the Philippines. About 68,000, or 10%, are from Thailand. We very much welcome cooperation with new source countries based on the principles of equality and reciprocity. We hope to help our economy develop and assist families in need. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs will continue to discuss the matter closely with the Ministry of Labor and Indian authorities. We will make an announcement at the appropriate time. The Labor and Foreign Ministries say talks on a labor agreement are underway, with more details to be announced. The Executive Yuan has approved a night shift bonus for nurses. The incentive will range from 400 to 1,000 NT per evening or graveyard shift. This could translate to an additional 20,000 NT every month. But the reception from the nursing sector has been lukewarm. Most of my colleagues feel that our efforts during the day shift are disregarded. They should start with improving day shift conditions. That's laying the foundation. For nurses who are just starting their clinical work, this career would be more attractive if day shift wages were adjusted. Everyone would like a raise, but if you're going to raise wages, you should do it where it's needed most. This allowance is only a drop in the bucket. It is not enough to truly address the troubles that nurses face, not enough to improve the entire situation. In a joint statement, four medical associations pushed back against the bonus for night shifts. They called for the government to grant direct salary increases for nurses. DPP lawmaker Chen Jingming, formerly a nurse herself, said the executive yuan should engage in more dialogue with the nursing community before rolling out bonuses. Taiwanese carmaker Yulong has cut the ribbon on its new adventure, a giant department store. The Yes Life shopping center boasts more than 250 brands, including Islit Spectrum Corp and V-Show Cinemas. Located in Xingdian, New Taipei, it stands on land that used to be Yulong's first car factory. At Thursday's grand opening, Yulong's chair said the site was where the company's hopes and dreams took flight. Yulong集团大家长, 
Elon Motor Chairperson Yanchen Lilian pulls up in her company's latest electric car, wearing a black cape blazer over a red blouse. The occasion is a grand opening of Yes Life, the automaker's department store. The chairperson appeared in high spirits. To celebrate its 70th anniversary, Yulong Motor transformed its old Xindian factory site into the largest department store in New Taipei. The venture not only marks the anniversary, but also realizes the dream of Lei Yulong chairperson Kenneth Yen. This is the place where it all started. It's a completely different feeling. It's my home. Thinking of all the changes we've gone through makes me want to cry. Tears fill her eyes as she thinks of her company's history. Also at the event were Yan Chen's son and daughter, along with Pegatron chairperson Tong Zixian, elite chairperson Mercy Wu, and V-Show Cinema's chairperson Charles Wang. It's all smiles on stage. Residents say they are excited about the new shopping venue. Before Yes Life opened, Kingstone had been the only major bookshop in the district, and residents had to go to Taipei's Gongguan to watch a movie. Now, Xindian is home to a V-show IMAX theater and the largest elite spectrum outlet in Asia. The bigger the bookstore, the more I'll like it. I came over a little earlier in the morning to walk around the shopping area and see the launch ceremony. Now, there's a new place to hang out. We don't always have to go all the way to Taipei. Shoppers flock to the shopping center on opening day. The interior's high ceilings make the building feel almost like a castle. A giant bunny installation in the entrance hall makes for the perfect photo op. The elite spectrum is packed with spaces dedicated to arts and culture. There is a creative space with ceilings 12 meters tall and a total floor area of more than 300 pings. All sorts of events and exhibitions can take place there. We hope to attract more than 11 million visits every year. The transportation department helped out with things like the electrical wiring, and Thai Power made adjustments. They also helped with traffic signaling, and they dispatched many volunteers to direct traffic. The situation is much better than it was during the soft opening. I don't think there will be any problems now. The department store has opened just in time for the mid-autumn festival long weekend. It aims to make more than 4 billion NT every year and offer a new shopping experience to 700,000 local residents. Yongling Foundation held an AI forum themed Redefining Tomorrow, the AI Revolution. Among the speakers was Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI. During his speech, he emphasized his optimism about the future of AI and promised to continue optimizing ChatGPT and solve the risk that AI poses. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Um, this is my third time to Taiwan, uh, and I wish I had a longer one. This is a, a very short visit, but it's been a great day so far. This is Sam Altman's third visit to Taiwan, speaking at an AI forum in Taipei. He said that despite public doubts about AI, he is optimistic about the future of OpenAI. He sees great potential in employing OpenAI in the fields of education and healthcare. We've been calling for sort of regulation, but only of the most powerful systems. We say, you know, let the small models go, let open source go. Models that are like, 10,000 times the power of GPT-4, you know, models that are like as smart as human civilization, whatever, like those probably deserve some regulation. It seemed to me like the least controversial thing I was going to say this year. And I got completely, still am getting bashed for it by the tech industry. And there's this reflexive anti-regulation thing. But 
regulation has been not and not a pure good, but it's been good in a lot of ways. Things that I'm particularly excited about are uh, education, healthcare, uh, personal productivity tools like what we see people do using these coding tools. That's been amazing. When asked about AI's risk, like misinformation and reinforcement of biases, Alman said it was important to set boundaries and input human feedback. It's certainly true that if you just train a model on the raw internet, you're going to get something that most reasonable people would call biased in different ways. Um, but with techniques that we and others have developed, like reinforcement learning from human feedback and a whole bunch of other things, you can surprisingly steer these, uh, these models. And so you can kind of configure it how you want. OpenAI makes some decisions, but you can change it a lot. And this idea of empowering individuals, but setting the, the edges and also the sort of standard behavior well, I think is really important. On the ways to make AI more sustainable, Altman said that fusion or solar nuclear-powered green energy may be able to provide a safe, clean, and cheap source of power at scale. Fusion. And if that doesn't work, then solar. Um, the, the energy needs as we look out are enormous. Uh, the, I think the cost of intelligence over time should trend towards the cost of energy. And there's going to be huge demand for intelligence and thus huge demand for energy. And if we can create abundant, cheap, clean, safe energy, uh, and again, I think we're gonna have this very soon with fusion at massive scale, like the scale that you need for everybody on Earth to get to enjoy the fruits of AGI. Um, that's our plan. Experts speaking at the forum said that while there are concerns surrounding AI, they hope to work together to solve its risks. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hu Chongwen in Taipei. Meanwhile, in tennis, Taiwan is making history. On the men's side, a gold medal is within reach. After Xu Yuxiu and Jason Zhang beat Thailand in the semis. Historically, Taiwan's best performance in men's doubles was a bronze. As for women's doubles, the Chan sisters powered through their semi-final on Thursday, setting up a showdown against compatriots Liang Enshuo and Li Yaxian. In the women's double semifinal, Liang Enshuo and Li Yaxuan were up against South Korea's Jung Bo-young and Bak Dayan. The four played a fierce 100-minute match that ended with Taiwan on top, 2-1, booking a ticket to the final. I played in the mixed doubles yesterday, so I started to feel unwell after the second set. I wasn't in good form today. I'm very thankful to my partner for covering for me. I played as usual and we all did our best. We wouldn't want to get injured, so playing to the end of the match is good enough. In the other semi-final, the seasoned Chan sisters made short work of their Indonesian opponents, winning 6-2, 6-2. This means the final will be Taiwan versus Taiwan. Regardless of the outcome, Taiwan will add a gold and a silver. Our upcoming opponents had some close calls in their matches this past week, but with thanks to the resilience, they managed to pull through at the critical moments and win. I think that is a huge strong point for them, an advantage they have. When we go up against them in the upcoming final, we have to pay especially close attention to that. Over in the men's double semis, Xu Yuxiu and Jason Zhang staged a dramatic comeback against Thailand in the third set, earning a spot in the final. <laughs> I really want to win gold. My initial goal was to at least get a medal, and somehow I made it to the men's doubles final and have a chance at gold. I hope that tomorrow I'll be able to maintain the good form of these past few days, do well, and win that gold medal. 
We'll keep up our hard work. We really want to win, but we shouldn't set our expectations too high. We can just take our time and have fun. In previous Asian Games, Taiwan's best result in men's doubles was a bronze medal. By making it to the final, Xu and Zheng have already made history. Here's another great news. Taiwan picked up a fourth gold at the Asian Games in the event of Go. 22-year-old Xu Haohong went from the top eight to the final by defeating all three of the world's top players. In the gold medal match, he played against world number three, Ke Jie of China, turning a tight match around by 1.5 points. His medal is Taiwan's first ever gold in the ancient board game. The Asia Para Games is a multi-sport event that is held every four years for athletes with physical disabilities. This year, a total of 94 Taiwanese athletes will participate in 14 sports categories. FTV reporter Stephen Yang met some of the athletes before the Games to see how they are preparing. The Asian Para Games will kick off on October 22nd and last until October 28th. 94 Taiwanese players will participate in 14 sports categories, including track and field, swimming, judo, taekwondo, archery, bodybuilding, table tennis, badminton, wheelchair tennis, and more. One wheelchair tennis player representing Taiwan is Huang Tsu-ing. She's Taiwan's first professional wheelchair tennis player. After a car accident, she was paralyzed and could not even hold a racket. After rehabilitation, she continued to play tennis. She competes against male players and is actively training to qualify for the 2024 Summer Paralympics. I'm currently working very hard with my coach to make adjustments and formulate some new strategies then add some techniques and dynamic skills. My goal for myself is to see if I can enter the semifinals or bronze in singles. One player representing Taiwan in badminton is Fang Zhenyu. He has a nerve plexus injury in his left shoulder due to dystocia at birth, resulting in muscle atrophy in his left upper limb. He finished fourth in the Tokyo Paragames. He is currently setting his sights on the 2024 Paris Summer Paralympics, hoping to qualify to represent Taiwan again. Competed in more tournaments this year and accumulated more experience. I traveled abroad to compete and gain points before the Asian Para Games, and the competition was quite intense. I have yet to win a medal in a major competition. I finished fourth in Tokyo. I hope I can do it this time. The goal is to win gold and win one game at a time. Since Taiwan started participating in the Asian Para Games in 2010, it has received an impressive track record, winning 14 gold medals, 26 silver medals, and 49 bronze medals. The Asian Para Games, which is regulated by the Asian Paralympic Committee, was suspended in 2022 due to the pandemic. The players have made adequate preparations and look forward to winning gold. This is the first time we have such a large group in disability sports. We are participating in 14 sports competitions. We have a strong team. We're looking forward to winning medals in sports like table tennis, where both men and women are very strong. Then there is badminton, which also has the potential to win gold medals. In addition, our track and field, swimming, wheelchair fencing, archery and wheelchair tennis are also excellent. We are looking forward to returning home with medals. The number of athletes representing Taiwan in this year's Asian Paralympics has reached a new high. The Asian Para Games 2023 will kick off in Hangzhou on October 22nd. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hu Chong-en in Taipei. The 13th annual Nantou Global Tea Expo opens on October 7th.
Just in time for National Day, Nanto is gearing up to show off its huge tea industry over the nine-day expo. It features dozens of halls with different teas on show and a deluxe banquet where each dish will incorporate different types of tea leaves. Nanto County Commissioner Xu Shuhua was on hand to entice visitors to come to the expo. She extolled the tremendous economic impact of tea and its potential to create international exchange. Children perform bunny rabbits hopping across the stage to open the press conference. The Nanto Global Tea Expo kicks off on October 7th in Zhongxing New Village. The nine-day expo features 28 special halls and exhibition sales zones. Visitors will be able to taste the best tea, purchase the best tea, and of course sample leaves from Taiwan as well as all over the globe. Organizers have built an international tea pavilion to promote multicultural exchange. The tea industry in Nanto County brings huge economic growth into Taiwan every year. In the last few years, we have been promoting products in many countries. And with our international tea pavilion, we also want to introduce our friends to the world's best teas. There will be a thousand-seat tea banquet this year, with tea leaves incorporated into sumptuous dishes. Lots of Nanto tea leaves are actually made into different types of cuisine. It's not just about drinking tea. They can also be incorporated into food in many places. We recommend the Thousand Seat Tea Banquet because it's themed on tea and there will be 13 dishes, each with the flavor of a different township. And our twist this time is how to perfectly marry that with tea. About 55% of the total land used for growing tea in Taiwan is in Nanto County. The significant economic profits of the industry are huge for the county, and the expo will be a big draw for tea lovers on National Day weekend.